Good morning and happy Wednesday. It is March 8th. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Joyful morning today. Even though it's apparently raining, which I it's not a surprise. At least it should not be a surprise to me. They told me earlier this week it was probably going to rain today. I just forgot. So here we are together on this Wednesday morning. Let's begin in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Funny story for you. I, I joke around sometimes that despite the fact that we pray that prayer every day here on the show, I have to have it printed out in front of me. Don't ask me why. Other prayers I have memorized, but the minute you put me on the spot, I just freeze up. And last night I was giving a talk at a parish about discipline, detachment, and gratitude, and one of the things I included in discipline is praying that morning offering, right? And I went to go pray it, and I didn't have it in front of me, and I kept you know, tripping up, oh, Jesus. And I knew it was something uh, next through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but I kept wanting to go into the act of contrition. Oh, my Jesus, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee. And I'm like, no, that's not right. That's not right. And I finally said, you know what? Don't be too proud to pray with a paper. We all need a paper sometimes. So if one of the things that holds you back from praying the morning offering or any other prayer in the morning is that you don't remember it, well, then, you know, tape it to the bathroom mirror and pray it while you brush your teeth, you know, but pray it. That's the, that's the encouragement. Pray it. Today on the show, we're going to be hearing from, let's see, what do we have today? We've got Corey Grizzle with us with some stories about marriage. We're also going to be talking about the uh, hiddenness of God. And uh, Lexio Divina is on the agenda as well today for our radio listeners here on Roadmap to Heaven. Before any of that, we have to go to Mike Roberts for today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. John of God. Born in Portugal in 1495, his baptismal name was Joao, and his parents, Andre and Teresa, had fallen on difficult times. Still, their faith carried them through this adversity. At the age of eight, Joao disappeared. It's unclear whether he ran away or was kidnapped, but in either event, he became destitute and ill. A wealthy farmer discovered him, gave him shelter, helped him recover, and then gave him a job as a shepherd, which he kept until he was in his 20s. Rejecting the farmer's offer for his daughter's hand in marriage, he joined the army where he also lost his faith. Over the next 20 years, he spent his time going into and out of the military and rarely refusing temptations. Eventually landing in a mental institution, he had a vision of St. John who called him to serve the needs of others. He then made a pilgrimage to the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, where he had another vision of the Blessed Mother who called him to this same work. Changing his name to John of God, he established a house for those who were sick but too poor to get help, and he supported this work by begging. He drew the attention of the Archbishop of Tarifa, who gave him a religious habit. John also began to get financial contributions and attracted many followers. His work began to spread and gain momentum, but after about 10 years of service, he died on this day in 1550 at the age of 55. 20 years after his death, his followers became the Brothers Hospitallers, of St. John of God. St. John of God, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. 
Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Corey Grizzle is no stranger to Roadmap to Heaven. You remember her from the Roadmap Roundup last year. And Corey is going to be with us for a series of topics coming up about marriage. Mar- as, as the saying goes, marriage is what brings us together <laughs> today. Today And today, Corey, we're talking about communication. Um, and I love the questions you've brought to our attention. More on that later. But first, good morning. It's good, good to morning. have you morning. It's been wonderful. All right. So communication and marriage, no shortage of things to discuss here Absolutely. because no one's figured this out yet in, I don't know, the history of marriage. Right. Um, but, you know, I guess question number one, what is communication? How do we speak to each other in marriage? What are we talking about here? We speak in so many different ways. We speak in words. We speak in tone of voice. Do you know how many ways you can say I love you with different tones of voices? We speak with our hands, with our bodies, with our eyes, with, <laughs> with just facial expressions. <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Right. And so there's just so many different ways. Um, and, and a lot of times, especially in marriage, we have to check ourselves and what is coming across within the way that I say things to someone else, especially the one we love probably the most. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the question you raised when you were preparing uh, to come in today, do we look at our spouse as Christ? Uh, we should, yes. Should. Uh, we should. Do, do we imitate Christ in our speech to each other? Not often enough, no. probably. <laughs> do we assume the other should know what we are thinking? Absolutely. <laughs> I do that all of the time. No, why don't they? Why don't they understand what, we, what, what we're thinking? Or why don't I understand what you're thinking? Um, yeah, that, that's definitely something that I take with me to adoration quite a bit. I take with me to confession. I take with me to prayer. Did I treat my husband as if he were Christ in front of me? And more often than not, the answer is no. <laughs> but did you expect him to treat you as if you were Christ in of front course. of him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course. You're married to me. You should be treating me with the utmost respect like a princess. I should be entitled to these things. However, I should understand that he's just as human as I am, and so we need to work through these things together. Now, you're asking these questions, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking, all right, what's the most common thing I, I catch myself thinking about? Like, all right, which one of us is taking the kids to soccer practice? Who's cooking dinner tonight? Who's doing the grocery shopping, Beth? Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of these things. Why are these questions important? Why is it good to take stock every day or every week and say, have I been looking at my spouse as Christ? Have I been imitating Christ in my speech to my spouse? Uh, have I had that unreasonable expectation that my spouse would know exactly what I'm thinking 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Mm-hmm. Well, this is um, the person that we are the most comfortable around all the time. So we, you know, we can say things that are on our hearts, that are honest, that um, we are in a safe spot with this person, so we believe that we can say whatever we want, however we want, and we should be able to be understood and forgiven immediately. However, that's another person over there who has some feelings, who has, um, you know, doesn't understand what is inside your brain and why you're saying what you're saying. It's important to rethink all of those things and say, did I, did I just say the right things? Should I? Should I have said that in a little bit different way or should I explained myself a little bit more? (laughs) Should I not have just had this big outburst because I had a terrible day and he just walked in the room and now I'm upset about all the things that the kids did for the last 25 minutes, but he just walked in the door. (laughs) So I took it all all on him. So we, we tend to get into this habit of, yeah, speaking to our spouse just because we're comfortable but not realizing how much that does hurt the other person. Yeah. You know, I I think of one of the things you mentioned, uh, 
body language mm-hmm. and or the, the many different ways we can say something and how it's actually <laughs> communicated. Like the the day that Beth calls me because the children are overwhelming her and I'm on the six tee box out on the nine hole golf yeah. course and she's like, I just need you home and I'm like, I'll be home soon. I'm on, I'm only playing nine today and I'm on the six tee box and but I need you now. But, but I love you. I love you. I'll be home soon. It's like my words are saying I love right. you, but my actions are saying yeah. I love golf. And she says, I love you too. Yeah. Hang up. Yeah. And we all have those stories. Absolutely. In fact, you've, you've got a story for us today about body language and then a communication tool that you were taught. Yes. Yes. So uh, speaking of trying to figure out what is in someone else's brain, right? When we were newly married and living in our house alone, it was quiet at one point in our lives. And um, one of Todd's biggest pet peeves of mine was I left my shoes everywhere. Wherever I needed to take them off, I took them off. And we had an 1,100 square foot house and it was one little area and it was a hallway down to the three bedrooms. And, um, And I would just put my shoes wherever I took them off. And he would come home from work and he'd have to pick up his shoes, pick up my shoes and put them away, pick up my shoes and put them away. He never spoke to me about how that irritated him. (laughs) You know, he never mentioned it to me in a nice tone of voice outside of, there are the shoes again, right? He came home from work one day and I was in the kitchen. And again, very small house. It's all open. He walked in. He saw the shoes at the end of the hallway. He kicked them all the way down the hallway. He kicked them and made sure that it made the loudest noise possible. He kicked them into the walls. He kicked them into the bedroom and into the closet and made the biggest ruckus he thought he could possibly make. So Todd and I did marriage preparation for 10 years in our parish. And um, he told the story because communication is one of those big topics that we talk about, you know, in, in marriage preparation. And he told this story because we had to tell stories of our of our own um, to the people on the other side of the table. And and I just looked at him and I said, I never knew you did that. <laughs> and he's like, well, now you know. I don't like your shoes all the time. <laughs> He's like, I thought I made this huge statement about how irritated I was, and you never knew I did that. <laughs> said, yeah. So, so that's that was like a big eye opening that when something bothers us, we need to take it outside of our angry space, right, and and bring it up at some point. So, this communication tool we we learned was several years later. I think we had. Two little kids, and we just decided to do this archdiocesan evening out, and it was like wine and cheese, and there was a speaker, and it was about marriage, and we're like, perfect, date night, let's go. And so really what they did is they taught us this way of bringing up communication, way of bringing up these these terrible things like you leave your shoes all over the house, right? And it really is a great little communication tool, and it's about couching, you, well, first of all, taking a time when you are neither irritated with each other nor busy watching the football game, right? So you take this time out about five minutes every day, and no matter what the little things you need to bring up, I don't know, hard topics like, I hate it when you leave your shoes everywhere, right? So that is couched within two very positive things. So you start out by appreciating each other and saying, I really appreciate what you did for me today. And then um, new information, like just talking about regular stuff, right? And then really then the nitty gritty is I've noticed that you do these things and I would prefer that you do those things. So it's really a very set way of doing things, which makes it more neutral. And so it makes it so that you don't put somebody on the defensive right away. 
Also, when I'm taking my my time to speak and say all of these things, you have to be quiet. <laughs> the only thing you can say is thank you. <laughs> there are some really specific rules, which is what we need. Like I said, Todd just need we need rules. So, <laughs> so, so you can only say thank you, and then you end it with with just talking about your dreams, just talking about, you know, I really wish we could do this in the future. I really wish this could happen. And and all I can say, you know, and in Todd's mind, he's like, but we can't do that because this, 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 and this, like the calendar doesn't match up and the, you know, <laughs> like doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You can't say anything. I just want it to happen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank That's <you>. absolutely it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I love that you have this great appreciation for making our house into a home. I wish that you would pick two different square feet of the 1100 to put <laughs> right. your shoes in, but important to bring these exactly. things up. Exactly. I've noticed as that you just leave your shoes everywhere, and I would prefer you pick them up and put them in the closet when they come off your feet. So, you yeah, we all, we all have those things. Well, Corey, this has right. been enlightening, yeah. and I look forward to our next conversation about marriage here on Roadmap to Heaven. <laughs> Thank you. Prayer for God's Blessing of One's Daily Work O Lord my God, Creator and Ruler of the universe, it is your will that human beings accept the duty of work. May the work I do bring growth in this life to me and to those I love and help to extend the kingdom of Christ. Give all persons work that draws them to you and to each other in cheerful service. I unite all my work with the sacrifice of Jesus in the Holy Mass that it may be pleasing to you and give you glory. I beg your blessing upon all my efforts. With St. Joseph as my example and guide, help me to do the work you have asked and come to the reward you have prepared. Amen. Catechiz question for you. When someone is married outside of the church and either they you know, come into the church, come back to the church, Uh, But in the case of a Catholic who is married outside of the church and they want to have that marriage uh, proper in the eyes of the church, what is the term we use for that? Do you know that term? Convalidation. And uh, praise God for that. I know many priests that that's a very joyful moment for them when they have a couple who, you know, they were raised Catholic and for whatever reason left the church for a period of time, but they come back and they're taking their faith seriously and they want to make sure everything is in order. They have their marriage convalidated. And so there's a Catholic vocabulary word for you. We're going to take a break, get you another check of the weather on this rainy Wednesday morning, as well as our daily dose of encouragement. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are halfway through our first week talking about the Beatitudes here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Patty Schneier gave us four words on Monday. Do you remember what they were? Patty, I remember, but I, and I know you remember. Well, I've always wanted to memorize the Beatitudes. There's eight of them, in case you didn't know, eight Beatitudes. So we're taking four this week, four next week. So let's just focus on the four key words for the first four Beatitudes. Poor, mourn, meek, and then hunger and thirst go together. So we did blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That was yesterday. Today we're going to talk about the second Beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn. Why? Again, I always ask why. How can we be blessed when we mourn? According to Father Jacques Philippe and the reflection that I read in the Word Among Us, he says it's because you will have compassion on others when they mourn. If we accept our trials with faith, we will receive comfort and consolation from God. And then we will, in turn, be capable of understanding, comforting those who are undergoing any trial. Also, when we mourn for our loved ones, it is truly our ache for heaven. Mm. 
and the realization that this is not our home. And we are blessed when we realize that, right? That's a blessing to be able to know, I am not made just for this earth. I'm made for heaven. So when we actually are mourning, we're actually focusing on heaven and that ache when we'll be reunited with that person together. One of my favorite songs from Rich Mullins, who passed away back in 1997, but I love this line. He says, if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. So whenever I'm weeping, whenever I'm so upset, whenever I'm mourning something, the loss of something, I want to turn that in to a longing for heaven, longing for the eternity, longing for when I'll be reunited with that person in Christ. So blessed are we, blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because again, when we accept our trials with faith, when we mourn, we will then have compassion on others. So today, let's pray for those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. Let us pray that if we ourselves are mourning, that we can turn that into an ache for heaven and see that that is our destiny and turn that into our prayer. Again, we are working on the Beatitudes this week. Blessed are those who mourn. I have to tell you, you quoted one of my favorite songs that I, you know, it's radio and it's podcast, so our listeners can't see me just mouthing along the words of Rich Mullins with you there. But what a beautiful lyric it is and what a great reflection for us today from Patty Schneier and Father Jacques Philippe on the Beatitudes. You know, going back to our catechist for a second, a great formal definition. Convalidation is when someone has been married civilly, but due to an impediment, the marriage was invalid as a sacrament. The impediment must first be removed, and the couple then makes a new exchange of vows to enter into a sacramental marriage. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's important to just phrase the question properly, and then you don't have to clarify after the daily dose of encouragement. Special shout-out to all the folks out of Christ Prince of Peace in West St. Louis County who welcomed me out to their parish last night for a Lenten evening of reflection, talking about discipline, detachment, and gratitude. We mentioned a little bit about this on the show yesterday. I have to tell you, one of the things that I struggle with a lot in life is that uh, dwelling too much on what could have been. If You know, what would have been like if— what if, what if, what if, the, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, as we know, and it's a dangerous trap to fall into. Don't dwell on the what could have been because you live in the what is. And uh, how is God working in what is is a constant reminder for me. And I have to tell you, again, that daily prayer between the, the midday exam and the rosary, I mean, those are the two things to pull me out of the what could have been and into the, the here's what is and look at the gifts God is giving you today. We have to look for those gifts. I mean, we really do. There's so much to be discouraged about in the world today. I, I was talking with some friends yesterday, and we were just bemoaning the state of our, the area where we live and you know the, the different trends in crime and the different struggles we have civilly and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, but it's the reality. And it, you know, wishing doesn't make it any different. But looking at how is God working in all of this? And it took me back to something Father Wade Menezes has said recently on the show that, you know, the saints were the contemporaries of their time. They lived in the modern day of their time. We are called to be saints in the modern day of our time. So stop moaning, Adam. Stop crying. Oh, if only I would have done this years ago. If only this would have happened. Well, you know what? If I would have done that years ago, maybe I wouldn't have the life I have now. I wouldn't have a beautiful wife. I wouldn't have five beautiful children here on earth, one that we lost, uh, that we trust is interceding for us in heaven. And do I really want to trade all of that at the end of the day? Absolutely not. So why am I worried about what could have been 16, 17, 18, 19 years ago? 
you know, let go. What is God calling me to do today? How is God calling me to live my vocation as a husband and father today? And thank you, God, for the gifts you give me to do this. I'm going to put that out there and just say that. You know, Deacon James Keating's going to be with us later this week. He spoke at the Catholic Men for Christ conference about living with, you know, ourselves in the, are we living in the world of the gospel? Or are we living in the world of the secular? And uh, it's hard. We don't always want to live in the world of the gospel. In fact, we like creature comforts. We like that warm cup of coffee on a cold morning or that iced coffee on a hot day. We like, you know, last night I was tired when I got home, and I liked the way that the covers felt when I got into bed. I was a little cold, and the covers were warm. Beth was already in bed, and she, you know, it was it was warm. It wasn't like getting into cold sheets, and I was like, oh, this is so great. And then this morning the alarm went off. I didn't want to get out of bed. But you know what? I have things to do today. I needed to be here with you first and foremost, and that requires leaving the comfort behind. Growing in holiness, it'd be a lot easier to just say, I'm not going to worry about mortal sin. I'm not going to worry about sin in general. I'm just going to do what feels good. Yeah, you know, that would be a lot easier. But then someday, spoiler alert, we're all going to die. And the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, we're going to one of those two places. Where do you want to go? Some, you know, maybe we need to ask ourselves that question each and every day, not just once or twice every now and then, but every day when we pray that morning offering. Where do I want to go when I die? Do I want to go to heaven or not? Because if I want to go to heaven, well, we're going to be uncomfortable today. We're going to suffer in this life, and that's okay because it's all for a greater purpose. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, I wonder if St. Joseph would have rather been comfortable, but he walked to Egypt and back and did a lot of things to protect our Lord and to protect his Blessed Mother and to protect the Church. And he didn't moan, he didn't complain, so... I'm going to try and follow his example today. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and as the Blessed Mother asks us to do each and every day, pray your rosary today.